Welcome to the God is Able radio broadcast, the ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Austin Frady, and we thank you for joining us today on the radio. We are excited to be looking into God's Word with a series on what God has to say about marriage. So join us now as we open in prayer and in song, and we dive into what thus saith the Word of the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for allowing us to be able to come by way of radio to every listener that is tuned in today. God, we have a special burden upon our heart for marriage marriage and Lord for what you have to say about marriage in these days and God we ask you to touch every married couple every husband and every wife that may be listening today God every young person that may be thinking or contemplating about marriage may be engaged God I pray that you put your hand upon our society and God I pray may you shape us God and make us and God may you put us back to a place where we looked and, and we reverence what God's word says about the sanctity of marriage Lord we love you we praise you and we honor you may you get great glory out of the message today. God, give unction unto the preaching. Lord, I pray and give us, Father, ears to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. And God, we pray that all would be done for Christ's sake and for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I got up this morning and I started my day. God's mercy was with me all of the way. His goodness stayed close by to meet all my needs. a journey along good friends a family and a place to call home the church where i worship the bible i read my lord is taking good care of me i'm never forsaken i'm never alone one day i'm moving to my brand new home i'm blessed beyond measure You'll see my Lord is taking good care of me. When Satan comes tempting and he brings up my past, I tell him I've forgiven and it's buried at last. The bloodshed on Calvary now speaks for me. just very quick the Lord will help us for just a few minutes and if you're here tonight and you're not married I promise you uh, if you'll listen closely and quickly the Holy Ghost will give you something out of the message too amen uh, so tonight we want to preach on problems in marriage problems in marriage we all understand that there is problems in every aspect of our life that in every aspect of our service to the Lord in, in on our jobs and anything we could name tonight there is problems because we live in a sin cursed world and even though we are tonight 
saved by the grace of God. The, the soul is saved. The spirit has sealed us unto the day of redemption. Still yet we are in a natural body, a fleshly body, and there's a constant warfare that goes on between the two that pulls, amen, that dual nature and tries to pull us apart. Paul said the things that I would do, I do not. And the things I would do, that I do, amen. And so tonight we understand that there are problems in our life. And the, dealing with problems in marriage, it relates the exact same. We, 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 we have to look at it with the same type of outline that we would look at in facing a problem spiritually, that we would face uh, facing a problem in our, in our, on our job, any other kind of problem that we would face in life. We have to face the problems in marriage the same way. Number one, we have to admit that there's a problem. Right. Amen. Amen. I know people tonight that are having problems in their marriage, yet they would not never admit that there is a problem. Amen. If we were to go to you, go to, go to somebody outside this church, people that I know, friends that I have, and problems that they have, they would never admit that there's a problem. Everything's okay. It's just the way it is. Everybody fusses and growls. Everybody does this. Everybody has this kind of problem. Amen. That's putting a problem on the back burner and not admitting that there's a problem. Amen. An alcoholic, for him to get help, he has to first admit that he's an alcoholic. Even though he may lay drunk in the ditch night after night after night, the drug addict may lay, lay doped up and drugged up uh, day after day after day for them to get help. Even though they know that they have a problem, they have to admit, first of all, to their self that there is a problem. Marriage is, is classified many times as being 50-50. I think that's a, uh, uh, that does it a disjustice, amen, to say that marriage is 50-50. I, I think that marriage is 100%, 100%. It takes 100% on each side. It takes both parties giving 100%, amen, of their selves to the other. I believe marriage it, it cannot be classified as 100%, but it is classified as 200%, each party giving 100%. And we look at divorce. They have this thing. They call it a no-fault divorce, amen. You can get a no-fault divorce. There's no such thing. Amen. There's always a problem, amen, that causes something to take place. And amen, we have to admit that, yes, there is a problem. We have to admit within ourselves that there is a problem. So the problem with admitting there is a problem is that, yes, we want to admit there's a problem, but usually we want to point the finger. Amen. I know this is going to be tough now. I was dreading preaching this. Amen. I'm going to preach on, Miss Reva. Amen. The problem with us admitting that there is a problem, I don't have a problem admitting Alvin's got a problem. I don't have a problem admitting Randy's problems. I don't have a problem admitting these fellows' problems tonight. Amen? But the problem comes in me admitting my problems. That's what it is in marriage. When I'm talking about admitting a problem, I'm not talking about looking at your wife and saying she don't do this, she don't do that. Amen? Because when your finger's pointing out, that's what? Three pointing back at you. Amen? And tonight, I believe that we would be lying. We would be doing an injustice uh, to the Word of God. We'd be doing an injustice to ourselves and to the truth tonight if we did not say that any time there's a problem, that it is twofold. Right. Amen. Right. That it always lies on both sides, no matter what the problem is. And can I say tonight that, I, that I'm not even going to be preaching on the big problems? Amen. I know y'all expected me to preach on infidelity and financial problems and all those things, but I believe tonight that those big problems that we classify in marriage all, always, I believe those problems are rooted in something much simpler. Amen. Amen. I don't believe that a man just wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to run around on my wife. Amen. I don't believe it just wakes up in the morning and they spend all the money. Amen. They, something happened before all that took place. Amen. That led to that point.
And so that's what we're going to be preaching tonight. Number one, admitting that there is a problem, you have to identify the problem. Amen. And identifying the problem, that means taking a good self-look at yourself, a good time of self-examination. What am I doing that's not right? What am I doing that I could improve on? I knew this would be tough tonight, but y'all got to help me out, okay? Y'all still got to say amen. Amen. We have to take a look at ourselves. Wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and I understand. I mean, I look in the mirror and I think, praise God, my wife's a lucky woman. (laughs) Amen. And then I open my eyelids and reality hits. And I see who I am. I see what's on the inside. I know what I'm thinking. I know what I'm feeling. I know why I do what I do. Amen. Many times we, we do things and we know why we do what we do. And a lot of times our motives and our initiatives are not right. Our initiatives are not for the good and not for the glory of God, not for the bearing of our family. We're not loving our wives as Christ loved the church in our motives. Maybe we are in our motions, but we're not in our motives. Amen. And so we have to take a look when we have problems in our marriage. We have to take a look at ourselves and do a time of self-examination. Paul spoke about that in his Christian life, about a time of self-examination. And I believe tonight that it does us all good to take time out of the day and do some self-examination and and, and admitting there's a problem, identifying there's a problem, but being honest with ourselves that we're not perfect. Amen. That we are far from it. That we are just human beings. And yes, we've got faults and we've got failures. And listen, I don't believe that God expects us tonight. I don't believe He expects us to be perfect. He knows how we are. He said to strive under perfection. What does that mean? That don't mean you're perfect like that. That don't mean you're even better just like that. That means you're trying to get better. Listen tonight, I don't have a problem with helping anybody. Anybody that knows me will tell you that. But the, the people that, have a, that I have a hard time helping is people that will not help themselves. Amen. amen. If they're at least making a little bit of motion forward, amen, I'm good with helping them all the way. But somebody just wants, amen, don't want, don't want to help themselves, it's hard to help that kind of person. Yes. Amen. They'll become an abuser and a user. Amen. And they will, instead of, they'll take everything you can give them, they'll bleed you dry. And instead of them moving forward, both of you will be moving backward. Amen. Amen. So tonight we've got to be honest with ourselves that we're not perfect. And listen, God don't expect your marriage to be perfect overnight. God don't expect you to hear three messages and, and your marriage be perfect. Amen. Hey, listen tonight. God expects you to make a few steps in the right direction, though. Amen. Amen. God expects you to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and do a little self-examination. Take what God has given. Take what the Word of God says. And at least take a move forward. Wives don't expect just because your husbands have heard the Word of God. Don't expect them to be perfect tomorrow. (laughs) Amen. Gentlemen, don't expect your honey to be submissive tomorrow. Amen. Don't expect that. But listen, we got to at least take a move forward. Amen. Amen. In the right direction. And so we got to do that first of all by being honest with ourselves. We look in the Word of God here. The Scripture starts out and it speaks, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection unto your own husbands, that if any obey not the Word, they also may be without the Word, May be, they, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of their wives while they behold chest conversation coupled with fear. I want to look tonight at the problem of the past. The problem of the past. What is the problem of the past? There's several different things that fall into this category. Now I'm just preaching two points tonight so I should be quick. Amen. The problem with the past is number one, sometimes we're unequally yoked. 
Now the scripture tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 14, I believe it is. Paul told us, he said, be not unequally yoked together. Amen? That's what scripture said. Now, if you're unmarried tonight, most of them are back there. But if the unmarried, they take that verse, you take that literally. Amen. Listen, the young ladies need to wait on somebody that's saved by the grace of God, a God sent man. Amen. Young men that's saved by the grace of God need to wait on a good young lady that is saved by the grace of God, got the same outlook and the same goals. Amen. But I'd venture to say most of us didn't start out that way. Amen. Amen. Most of us started out unequally yoked. Amen. We started out and either one was saved and one was lost or both was lost. Amen. Or both was so backslid you couldn't tell the difference. Amen. We started out unequally yoked. So that's a problem. That's a problem of the past. Amen. So what do we do? What does the scripture say? If you're here tonight and you've got a, a spouse that is you're unequally yoked with, and listen tonight, you can be unequally yoked sitting together in the house of God. You can be unequally yoked with one sitting in church, one out of church. You can be unequally yoked in many different ways. And unequally yoked can be more than just one saved and one lost. Unequally yoked can be one that is spiritual and one that is growing in Christ. And the other has hit a stopping point in their spiritual growth and doesn't want to go any further with Christ. Amen. That can become a hindrance and an unequally yoked condition. Amen. So how do we deal with that? It's simple. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. rocket science. The Word of God teaches us that by the conversation, by, that means the conduct, that means the behavior, that means, praise God, you just keep a doing what God's Amen. telling you to do. Amen. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, for time's sake, I'm not going to read it tonight. I'm going to let you go home and say 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, I believe it is. Paul speaks about what to do in that unequally yoked situation. He said, is it the will of God for, for the wife to depart or is it the will of God for the husband to depart? No, that's not the will of God. Amen. If, if they're willing to dwell with you, they're willing to stay. He goes on to say in First Corinthians chapter number 6, who do you know if you're able to save that one? Amen. And what he's talking about is by your conversation, by your behavior, by your conduct, they will see. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if we get right with God, we get the place where Christ is real in our life. We get in that Psalms 91 secret place with the Lord. Hey, there's a lot in that. Praise God. Getting in that Psalms 91 secret place. Moses knew about it. Praise the Lord. He hid, found himself hid in the cleft of the rock. Abraham find, found that secret place. Psalms 91. Hey, praise the Lord. Them great men of God you read about in the Old Testament, they found that secret place. David you about that secret place with the Lord. Hey Amen. Well, that's something we're lacking in this day is that secret place with the Lord. If you, even though you may be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever or with somebody that's not as far along spiritually as you want them to be or as you are, friend, if you will stay in that secret place with the Lord, there's three things that you'll find in that secret place. You'll find direction, protection, and selection. You'll find direction. God tell you where to go, when to go, and how to do it. Amen. You'll find protection. You read Psalms 91, you'll find that he protects from the seen and he protects from the unseen. Amen. And you'll find selection. He goes on down to say, and it, it, the psalmist, and, and I, I was going to preach on this sometime. I'm just going to go ahead and preach it. Amen. The psalmist switches from the psalmist speaking to God speaking. And he speaks about how the psalmist had set his love upon him and how he will call upon him. Amen. That's the selection of a holy God. That because the psalmist has found himself in the secret place that God decides that he's going to call on him. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if God begins to call on you in your marriage. <laughs> hey, listen, this is good for me. I don't know about you. If God begins to call on you in your marriage, God begins to use you. 
Amen. You'll never be used to God till you find that secret place. Amen. But when you get the place, God begins to use you and the Holy Spirit begins to overflow inside of you. It'll begin to overflow that your husband, your wife, that your companion, they cannot help but see that. You can't hide it. Something as big as God, excuse me, to not come out on you, you cannot hide it. Amen. And the scripture plainly teaches us two different places. First Corinthians chapter number six, first Peter chapter number three, the Bible teaches us, but by the conversation, by the conduct, by who you are, by just being right with God, by being living in faith and trusting the Lord, by coming to church, by getting in your prayer clock, finding that secret place, reading your Bible, just living the word of God before their very eyes. All of a sudden you become a living testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what God intended for each and every one of us to be is a living testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we become that in our marriage, honey, there's something that happens to that unbelieving, that, un, uh, that, that unequally yoked one, that one that's, that's not as far along as you are. Friend, there's something happens to them called conviction. Amen. And I'm not telling you tonight you have to point your finger in their face and tell them they're dying and going to hell. They need to get right with God. Listen, you can just show the love of Christ in your life. And when you study the love of Christ just in his love, it is a convicting love. Amen. Amen. Brother Jesse testified to that the other Sunday morning. Thought that was a wonderful testimony. He was testifying about how his dad, he'd done something, and how his dad just loved him. Amen. Amen. And I couldn't help but think that's what Christ does. He's got every right. I was just like the woman in John chapter 8. He's got every right to pick up the stone and go ahead and stone me. When he says, woman, where are those thine accusers? Amen. Listen, he's the one that had the ability to cast the stone. He was the perfect one. But he says, neither do I. And that love that he shows in saying that, friend, is a convicting love. And friend, if you, as as an unequally yoked person in your marriage, friend, if you can hold the faith, Hold the road. I know it ain't easy. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the hardest thing. That's probably one of the hardest things that I see in a church that people deal with is being unequally yoked. Amen. It's hard to come to church regularly. Amen. It's hard to really get in church and serve in church. It's hard to be rooted as deep as you want to. There's something in church that's pulling you. The Holy Spirit's pulling you to do more. The Holy Spirit's pulling you to serve more. The Holy Spirit's pulling you to get deeper and deeper and deeper. But then you've got an unbelieving spouse that's pulling you the other way. Amen. I had a gentleman tell me this one time. He lives up above a shop. And, and this gentleman, he, his wife got saved before he did. And she went to church. And he told me, this is his testimony. He said, I got tired of sitting at the house all day on Sunday. (laughs) Amen. And that gentleman today, if I were to call his name, he's one of the most faithful men in his church. He drives 45 minutes to go to the church that he goes to. He's faithful. They go to church about five times a week. Praise God. Somebody say hallelujah. They go to church about five times a week and he's there every night of that week. Amen. He's faithful in the house of God because the faith of his wife done something in his heart. Amen. Holy Spirit of God used that testimony. So if you're unequally yoked tonight, it's very simple. Just hold the rope. Hold the rope. Stand in the gap. Make up the hedge. Continue on. Press on and say I've come too far to turn back now. We find that number two, being unequally yoked, amen, you find that uh, there's, there's those different problems. One's saved, one's going. It all works the same, amen. It all works, boils down to you standing your ground, being what God wants you to be, and letting that win the other one, amen. Number two, amen, the sins of the past, we, we deal with mistakes from the past. 
I venture to say that the majority of the folks in here, you made mistakes in your past. Those mistakes in your past, and, and there's many tonight, you're in this building, and, and you, the mistakes from the past, they are, they are affecting your marriage now. Amen? Somebody help me out. Amen. Everybody say amen so nobody feels... Amen. amen. The effects of my past are hindering at times. Amen? amen. Even though they're long gone, even though to some people they would seem minor and minute, the devil knows how to take the minor and the minute mistakes of our past and bring them up and hinder us in this day and this hour. And ladies and gentlemen, I understand that God had a perfect design for marriage, but ain't none of us perfect. Amen. So because of that sin, we've drug baggage in that, yes, it's there. We've got to deal with it now. Amen. It's too late to go back. We can't go back 15 years. We can't go back 20 years. We can't go back and start over. Amen. But we can take care of it tonight. We can deal with it biblically according to the word of God tonight. And we can move on with that. Mistakes from our past can be past boyfriends, past girlfriends, previous marriages. It can be a blended family. Amen. Children. Amen. That are in the family. It can be different things. It can be a trust issue. It can be infidelity in the past. There's many things that we can categorize as mistakes from the past. But when we look at mistakes from the past, we deal with them the same way. Amen. Number one, by true repentance. True repentance is simple tonight. It boils down the same way spiritually as it does in your marriage. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've made a mistake in your past, repent of it. It's that simple. Repent of it. Just give it to God. And what is true repentance tonight? It is not remorse. True repentance is not sorrow. True repentance is saying, I messed up. I'm turning from that action. I'm giving that to God. I'm leaving that with God. I'm letting his blood, I'm putting that under the blood. And I am not wallowing in that mud hole anymore. Amen. True repentance, amen, is not coming to an altar, slinging snot and tears, going back out the door and doing it again the next day. Amen. True repentance is taking care of business, giving it to God and moving on. And true repentance is on your part. Now, marriage is two, it's the two parties involved. Three parties in reality, but two we're dealing with tonight. Amen. You and him. Him and you. Amen. There's two parties. So the party that made a mistake, you've got to repent. But then when that party forgets, there's got to be true forgiveness too. Amen. True repentance is not worth a dime without true forgiveness. Amen. I'm glad when I re- Whew, glory. I'm glad when I repented in an altar. I'm glad my repentance wasn't worth a dime without true forgiveness. Amen. But I'm glad the Lord Jesus Christ, He said that He'd be an advocate to the Father. I'm glad He stood in my stead. And when I cried out and said, Lord, forgive me, I'm glad that it was already called out on, on the cross of Calvary. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm glad when I said, Lord, forgive me, He said, Done. Amen. Taken care of, paid in full, never to be remembered again. We read through the Old Testament. I love preaching on it. 
My sins ain't sewed up in a bag. They're not cast into the sea of forgetfulness. They're not even as far as the east is from the west. That's good preaching as long as you don't back up. Amen. But if you back up, you're going the same direction that your sins are in. Praise the Lord. But I'm glad in the book of Hebrews, in the Old Testament, they was atoned for once a year. But in the book of Hebrews, he said, your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. When they're in a bag, they're still remembered. They're in the depths of the sea. We may never be able to go there, friend, but they are still there. The east is from the west. Amen. It's still there. But in the book of Hebrews, God said, I remember them no more. What sins are you talking about? True repentance is not worth anything without true forgiveness. And God has testified that to us in salvation by grace through the Lord Jesus Christ, that if you will truly repent of your sin, he will truly forgive you. Amen. So in saying that tonight, let me preach just a minute. If you are still carrying the burden of your sin, there's possibility that you've not truly repented. That you had remorse, you had worldly sorrow. Amen. But you've never truly repented. Amen. Because I promise you the moment you truly repent of your sin, I promise you that the God of heaven will be faithful and just to say done. Forgiven. Gone. It's taken care of. So ladies and gentlemen, in your marriage, when Christ is, the, the marriage union is a typology, a picture of Christ in the church. Amen. Wives submitting unto your own husbands as the Lord husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Amen. So we find that we have to truly repent of mistakes, of the things in the past that are hindering us. There also has to be true forgiveness. Amen. And I know that in your mind, you may not forget about them, but you can forget about them in your heart. Amen. That means you can hold your tongue and not bring it up anymore. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you bring up the same old thing every time you get in a fuss and a fight, you're not getting nowhere. Amen. That's not true forgiveness. Amen. True repentance, it takes true forgiveness. Amen. That's the principle for taking care of the sins of the past, taking care of those mistakes that have been made. The Bible says, Ephesians 5 and 28, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourish it and cherish it, even as the Lord the church. I heard a wonderful testimony concerning this verse of Scripture some time ago. And they didn't even realize they was testifying this verse of Scripture, but there was. And, uh, and, and the wife had got hurt. Amen. And the gentleman, he said uh, uh, something to the effect, amen, that... She got hurt, I better take care of her. Take care of all my other things. Amen? That's the truth. Amen? When we get a flat tire, praise God, we fix a flat tire. Amen? When the boat motor quits running, we take it to the boat shop. Amen? When when the horses need shoes, praise God, they get shoes on their feet. Amen? So if we cherish our wife as we cherish our own selves, listen, praise God, when my finger was cut, we was going to the doctor, praise God. Amen? Cherish her as we cherish ourselves. So what are you saying, preacher? That little verse of scripture, yes, it, it, it takes place in that, but also dealing with the sins of the past, how does that relate? How would I feel if I was in her shoes? How would she feel if she was in my shoes? Maybe the other party's the one made the mistake, but how would you feel if you was in their shoes and they were treating you like you're treating them? Amen. Amen. If you really love your wife, you cherish her as you do yourself. That little golden rule in the Word of God. Amen. Love thy neighbors thyself. If you love your neighbors yourself, you all love your wife yourself. Amen. 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 And treat her as you have her to treat you. 
Amen. And that'll help us to deal with the sins of the past. Moving on tonight, there's the sins of the past. There's dealing with the past, but we're also dealing with the present. Somebody say amen. amen. We're dealing with the dirty clothes in the floor. Amen. amen. We're dealing with, uh, dealing with all those different things. We've got to understand that in dealing with these things, we're dealing with the problems of the present. Number one, this chapter that I read here in the Word of God, it is talking about assuming our responsibility as our biblical role. Amen. Amen. We're living in a day and an hour, and you see this on your job, we see this in church, and everybody's got a role, everybody's got a purpose. Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. This is yes, this is no. Everybody's got a purpose. Everybody's got a job to do. Amen. I thank God when I look out over a church, I see people that can do things and God is blessed. And God's given you the ability to do what you do. We've got musicians that God's blessed. We've got a choir director God's blessed to be able to do that. He's, God's just give it to him. Amen. The ability to direct a choir, to lead a choir. God's give us singers with the ability to sing. God's give us people in this church that can do all kinds of different things. And everybody's got a purpose. On your job, these people that can, you got some electricians, you got some that do different things, you got some that are carpenters out there at the county, they've got men that do all kinds of different things, that have different talents in the school system, in the maintenance department, they have men that do all different things to make it all work. Amen? But everybody has to realize that they've got a job to do. And we have to assume our role and that God didn't call us to fill somebody else's shoes. Amen? Are you with me? I knew this would be hard to preach, but I'm going to preach it. Praise God. It's what God gave me. God didn't call me to fill everybody else's shoes. Amen. God didn't call you to fill my shoes. Amen. God called each one of us to fill our own shoes and to do our job. Amen. And a lot of times, hey, we won't do what everybody else is doing. Amen. 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 This relates to marriage, by the way. God didn't tell you to do her job. God didn't tell her to do my job. So number one, dealing with, the, with the, the problems of the present, we have to assume our role that's God-given, that's, that God pinned down in the Word of God. That takes you being responsible enough. That takes you being having a heart that you trust God and that you're willing to do what God said for me to do as an individual. You say, preacher, this ain't what I thought. Listen, we've got to get to the foundation of the matter. Amen. Amen. Listen, husbands, if you'll never be a husband, praise God, don't ever expect your wife to be what she's supposed to be. Amen. Wives, if you're not going to be what you're supposed to be, don't ever expect your husband to be what he's supposed to be. Amen. We've got to step into our shoes and into our role and do what God told us to do. And ladies and gentlemen, as I preached the other night, God expects us to do our job. God expects us to fill our shoes, whether or not anybody else does or not. Listen, tonight, we can't hide anything. If you're hiding something, that's because of selfishness. By way, by way of the message, I venture to say that selfishness is probably a root of the majority of the problems in our marriages. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to hear this message in its entirety or join us in one of our services, find us on Facebook or visit us at our website at oldsavannah.org. We would like to give you a personal invitation to come and be in one of our services on Sunday morning at 10 and 11 a.m. We're located at 138 Sutton Branch Road in Silva, North Carolina.